What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Horror You Know. This is Trent. I'm Ian. I'm Ian. I'm Darren. And we are coming at you, not live, but recorded <laughs> from my spare bedroom slash office tonight. We're coming at you alive. His back cave. Alive. My back cave. We're all crammed into a tiny, like, what would you say, like, eight by six room? It's a, not tiny. A 40-year-old virgin uh, room. <laughs> He's referencing my sweet poster on the no, wall. No, I'm referencing I'm your 40-year-old I'm, no, I'm only 32. The, Thank you very much. Ensemble, yeah. I'm I've referencing got, all of his action figures. I've got his... eight more years. <laughs> hey, we've got shots here. I forgot. We, we were going to do shots? this with yeah, the intro. Gonna, Ian, tell us, about, you forgot, tell us about what we've got here. So, All right. So you guys are, are familiar that The Rock has his own tequila. Yes. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. okay, so you were familiar with before I bought it. <laughs> Who is The Rock? The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the people's champ, the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. Jabroni. Uh, this is Terramana Tequila. We, I have not tried this yet. None of us have. Nope. Like mine's a little bit bigger now. But, uh, That's what we, she said. God, why did she say that? Where is she? Uh, oh, That's what she said about The Rock. Oh, yes. So I figured like, we do this. Dwayne Johnson. I figured we do this live on air so you guys can hear us just uh, making yeah. noises and... What not? So this you, is you, this is thrice distilled. I bet. You ready? Terramana. It gets you drunk. <laughs> you All right. Here we go. Down the hatch. Oh shit! Ooh. Okay. You know, I Ooh. didn't think that was that bad. I really didn't. I thought it was kind of smooth. Kind of smooth. Yeah. All right. Two for flinching. <laughs> now you got to take another. <laughs> Ian Wells Ian Wells' asshole oh, puckered, puckered up through his face. I got something over here. <laughs> You're gonna chase it with crowning coke. Whoa. <laughs> so was, we're nice, we're nice and loose now. We're I was ready thinking more along the lines of the reds. It had a little bit of a burn, but I thought it was. Smooth. Oh no, I still feel I mean, like my insides yeah, are. That's no dark eyes vodka, but no, I mean, well, no, honestly, <laughs> it is scraping the walls of my intestines going down, but. I, I thought it was smooth tasting. Yeah, and the I thing is, it's, it's, it's and it's warm too. Well, speaking of scraping your intestines, and now that we're all <laughs> a little bit loosened up, let's get to the topic of the evening because we are going to be talking all about Scream, famous horror ah, franchise. What a was transition! A you like that? Scream. You like that? Speaking of your colon, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't I don't think there that. wasn't really any intestines in Scream, but it was it was all I had to grab. There wasn't any intestines. I don't know. Was there? Uh, Wait, I don't which scream? I don't remember them pulling out intestines in any well, of them. In the first one, yeah, the Did first they? one. I and, watched it today. And four, four. Uh, what part? Oh, I guess in four wasn't the girls at the beginning the hanging out? Are you anymore? talking about what? Yes, yes. When she was in okay. the chair, yeah, they were yeah. or, oh, no. Yeah. When she was strung up, her no, boyfriend, the boyfriend, the boyfriend. Yeah, his guts were so. Yeah. Moral of the story: It was a good segue. So yeah, we saw intestines. We're talking about Scream, but not only that, we're talking about the true story that inspired Scream. There is a true story, true uh, actual killings that inspired the the first movie. We're also going to be talking about the Scream, the the new one, also called Scream. Part 5. Yeah, Scream 5, basically. Let's call it what it is. But it's oh, called. He was trying to slowly open that so it wasn't too noisy, but it Let just it drug out there. <laughs> it was really loud. Pop them open. Man. I'm sorry, people. Yeah, so um, so what here's the thing. I'm sorry. This is grape Kool Aid. What is it? It's Crown and Coke. Crown and Coke. Whiskey that's Cola. That's awesome. You want one? Yes, I want one. <laughs> Passing around, man. No, I might do another shot in a minute. But anyway, we all 
I say we all. There's a story to it, but we all went to watch the new Scream tonight, and we came back here to record. Wow, shots fired. Uh, <laughs> because we're going to be talking about it, too. Almost. We're going we're gonna to be talking about the new Scream as well, and we'll get to that. But, funny story before we get into all that. We were all supposed to go tonight to a 710 showing, and poor Ian Torrance... <laughs> he gets off at seven normally and we Man. thought you know that's 10 minutes you know the theater's pretty close to his work we could we could make yeah. it work and uh unfortunately for him i think someone walks in right before he's about to close it was, it was like half an hour before but I, and, and again for for the person who could be listening um it, it was just one of those things like yeah. you don't know, but and I'm, and I'm sorry. I, we I missed you. I wish but, I could have made it. But I, I really do. We're still gonna we're still gonna carry on because we're gonna do a review also of the new scream towards the end of this episode, and but we'll probably break it up to where Trent Ian has to, time to see it and he can come back and talk about it with us. Yeah, not to interrupt you, Trent, but I mean that's what happens when your name is Ian Torrance and you work at the Verizon on Clifty Drive. <laughs> come see him for all of your upgrade and. Yeah, he made the sale, so it was worth it. So, mm-hmm. But before we get into... So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go around the table real quick, and we're going to just give quick, non-spoiler thoughts and impressions about the new screen. Minus Ian, of course. Sorry. <laughs> just so you kind of... If anyone's tuning in, you know, it just came out today. Uh, if you want to just kind of hear our first thoughts on it, we'll give those first. And then we'll go into kind of the true story that inspired the original. We'll talk about the original, and then we'll wrap things up with... Uh, a review of the new scream. Sound good? Sound good, everyone? So, okay, who's going to start us off with our, our quick thoughts then? You are. I am? What about the <laughs> horror master himself right here? The old horror We're all waiting on the edge of our seat to, to see what he thought of this film. Initial reaction, it was a it, it was a fun time. I had fun watching it. Um, way, way... More than what I thought it would be as far as like uh, stuff that went on. But at the same time, it felt comfortable. I mean, it was very. uh, (laughs) Ian is so confused. It was very comfortable. (laughs) That's an interesting non-spoiler thought. It was like an old glove that I like to wear. Like an old baseball glove. I'll I'll, I'll, (laughs) I'll take the baton there and kind of continue your thought because I feel like we're in similar to a leather glove. We're on a similar wavelength because I also thought that it was what you would want out of a scream movie. Yes, it was fun. It was funny. It was gory. People were screaming. People were screaming. (sighs) It was clever, which I think if we can all say one thing about the Scream franchise is that it's extremely clever and self-referential, self-aware, self-aware, meta. This one they reference several times in the first three movies. Well, it's like, and I, I don't. This isn't getting anywhere, but like as meta as the first movies were, I feel like this one is dialed up to like an extra level of meta-ness, which is cool because that's what this series hangs its hat on. And honestly, going with what you're saying, the meta part in the first few, I felt like those people besides Randy (laughs) were not really horror fans like they talked. Right. I'm, you know, I, I find flaws in that, but this one. When they were mentioning horror, they knew kind of what they were talking about, it seemed like. So yeah, it, it was more believable for sure. It was way more believable really, but like on it, what they said. It yeah. also it also it felt comfortable, like Mean said, because it is it had very similar vibes to the first, but it was also clever in its way of kind of 
modernizing it and making it accessible to teens today to where they can enjoy it. Yeah. Because, I mean, as much as we like the 90s original, it's definitely a product of its time, I would think. Mm-hmm. Would you all agree? Yeah. Very 90s, very schlocky. It's, it's very cool watching the technology and the clothing change and the music choices for each yeah. movie in the franchise. And this one was very hip and very, like, it still had all the same old vibes of the old screen, but it was something that could get a new audience into it, which I'm sure was its whole point. Right. So yeah. I thought it was really good, and I am excited to break it down more in depth later when Ian can join us. But, Wells, give us your thoughts to finish this off here. Well, like you all said, it was a fun movie. Uh, it's what you want out of a screen film. What I really enjoyed That's exactly about exactly what we fucking said. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Real derivative, Will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting to my point. Just relax. Don't scream. He's pulling out his notes. Don't freak out on me. Don't scream. See what you do there? That's I right. got it. See what so, I'm already slurring and I'm not even drunk. <laughs> Go ahead. There. It was heavy on nostalgia, which, you know, we can appreciate that. But what I really appreciated about this movie was the fact that they clearly recognized the audiences have grown up and... The brutality in this movie was off the charts. It was yes, it was just not off the charts, the but it was violence. it was it was way more than the other movies in the franchise. Yeah, I loved it for sure. Well, and again, my last thing, I thought he was definitely more threatening this time around too. Ghostface, because I mean, from what I, I mean, obviously from the first one, then what I remember from the sequels, he was always kind of bumbling. He was kind of easy to believably threatening this time. He too. was like actually kind of scary bumbling. for once. Oh. Trent, you watched the scary movie franchise. Fun fact, that's what this movie was originally called when they were making it. <laughs> it's true. Scary movie. Really? Yeah. Wes Craven was going to call it Scary Movie. And that's, I guess, where the Wayne Brothers must have got it, I'm assuming. But anyway. Uh, do you know what I noticed? I watched the first one today. <laughs> stab. Like the original 90s one. Mm-hmm. And I never noticed this before, but I thought it was awesome <laughs> that at one point in the school, she goes out in the hallway and she's like, she says something about uh, Fred, and he looks like he's Freddy Krueger, but it's the janitor. You know who that was? It's Wes Craven. Was that Wes Craven? It's Wes Craven. Awesome. All right, B. The horror. You, you know. know. <laughs> we just got the fun now, facts now, left now, now. Horror fact of the day. So, All right, so, I don't want to give anything else away. Yeah, I, was, I, I went was, a lot lighter than you two did, because I know he, this poor soul over here. wheels are just spinning no that was a good recap we're gonna do a full (laughs) breakdown spoiler review later ian torrance will be involved with that if you want to skip ahead to it maybe we'll put a timestamp in the description i don't know why you would because you're gonna miss a lot of awesome content about the real story but whatever so stay tuned for the review of that (laughs) whatever we're gonna (laughs) we give a shit we're gonna pivot to the original movie now 1996 scream by wes craven and we're gonna get into the Real life story. You guys ready? Let's do it. Have you, are you guys familiar with the Gainesville Ripper? I know means this, but so, I was thinking of the Scranton Strangler. Sorry. <laughs> very similar. Very similar cases. Scranton Strangler. <laughs> Still on the loose to this day, isn't he? Yes. Did they catch him? No, they caught they him. There thought, was a no, tr- they thought they caught him. It's definitely Toby. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember they did catch him because um, when they're trial because to- Toby did, Toby was on the uh, the, That's right, the jury, the juror. <laughs> and then he was like, I don't, I, I don't think it was him. I don't yeah. think it was him. Then he went to visit him, and he came back in the neck brace <laughs> <laughs> because the guy tried to strangle him. 
He's like, I think they got the right guy. <laughs> this is a 90% horror podcast, 10% The Office podcast, just in case you haven't figured <laughs> it out. To be honest, it's at least 15 to 20% The Office. Everything is The Office. All right, so here we go. Scream, the 1996 <sighs> like hit slasher, also referred to as a meta slasher, directed by the great Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. I know what movie made him famous. Which was? A rape revenge film. I spit on your grave. No, good God, that came out in the two thousands. It was a no. The no, original came out in the seventies. Oh, Let me look up his name, Wes Craven. You're talking about Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left made him famous. Also famous, of course, for the Nightmare on Elm Street. At least the did he only do the original? He didn't do any of the sequels. I thought he did the or he did two. New, he he did New Nightmare. He produced them until New Nightmare. Which After also, the first one. New Nightmare was a couple years before Scream, and it is also very meta. So I feel like Wes was definitely onto something with his meta horror genre. We're going to get into meta horror and meta slasher when we talk about the actual movie, because that is a huge part of Scream's identity, and in my opinion, its popularity. And so we're going we're gonna to get into that. But despite it, its meta vibe and, and even its comedic tone, because, I mean, the screen movies are kind of funny, too. They're known for their humor. Uh, the actual event that the movie is inspired by is far from funny. It's actually a very horrific real-life story. That's pretty funny. Wow. Wow, man. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out, man. No, so, yeah, we're talking about the Gainesville Ripper, which is a, a case that, that was from 1990 and involved the grisly murders of some young students. So... The grizzly bear murders the or grizzly, just grizzly murders? I don't think any bears were harmed, but... Um, Fact. Bears eat beets. <laughs> bears beats. Battlestar Galactica. So the Gainesville Ripper. Here's his story. His name is Danny Rawling? Rolling. Rolling. Okay. Rolling. It's spelled like rolling, but it Rawling just seems to make more sense to me. So, But okay, apparently it's rolling. Danny Harold Rolling was born in May of 1954 in Shreveport, Louisiana, to Claudia and James Rowling. And his father, James, he was a 20-year police veteran for the Shreveport Police Department. Uh, unfortunately for Danny, though, his father never wanted children. And No, listen to... I don't know why I laughed. Well, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you're a sick person. Listen to this guy. He's a, real, he's a real piece of work. He, he told Danny this. He told him he never wanted him. Uh, but worse than that, he displayed it daily with consistent uh, abuse towards Danny and his mother and then later his younger brother. So for a man who didn't want children, he ended up having at least a couple children. He's like the dad from Stand By Me. So, and Danny... Why couldn't you die? Danny was around one year old when his father first abused him for the first time because he wasn't crawling properly. One year old. This story kills me. This guy's abused a piece his, of shit. He's he's a real, and I'm not saying it makes you feel sorry for Danny did, because did the, he's did the a dad. Get down on his hands and knees. That's not how you crawl. It's not crawling. <laughs> no, wait. This is how you crawl. Let's let's talk about before he was even born. Now, now this is something obviously you're bringing up right here with the abuse and like a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about on this podcast with serial killers. There usually is some kind of brain trauma when they're young. Absolutely, okay? there'd have to be. So we like. Like them being dropped or hit really hard in the hospital, hit by a car. You know, there's always some kind of brain trauma. Beaten. Beaten. <laughs> by your father. But uh, I thought you said eaten. His, or eaten. That, that his very first one actually happened before he was born. Hit Apparently, the there was hospital. something that happened when they were taking him out. And they had to use forceps. And it caused like these 
his head to be malformed, and then he had like these huge veins on his head for years after that. See, I didn't even go that far back. Yeah, that like I, re- I heard that on a, one of the documentaries I was reading or listening to. I mean, well, it's crazy. So and before again, he was born, he was getting abused. He sounds like the <laughs> yeah. leader for well, the Incredible Hulk. Literally, like, since yeah. <laughs> I wrote down since birth, but I'm changing it now to before birth. He yeah. has had a horrible and tortured upbringing. During and birth. During birth, before, after. Yeah. Um, so James is the father. His abuse of his family, it, it, I mean, it didn't take much to set this guy off. Like Mean said, he was a real piece of shit. Most of the things that he would abuse his family over were just like small, trivial, little dumb things. Like, like crawling? Crawling. Well, like literally if someone was breathing in a way he didn't approve, he would beat them. I'm not, <laughs> I mean. So the crawling event, do you describe it? I don't describe it. Okay, if so you, if you want to go in depth, go I'll for elaborate it. on it. Here's what happened. Apparently, will you please she, get down on your hands and knees and show us? <laughs> no, I'm not showing you the crawl, but I'll describe it for our audience. So apparently, he was like behind and everything as far as like crawling, walking, talking, stuff like that, right? And I would say it's because his parents obviously didn't work with him. But one of the things he did, they said, when he did start crawling, he crawled in an unusual way. And the way they described it was he would put one leg up under himself Mm -hmm. and he would scoot with that one leg up under his other leg. That's that's still how I crawl to this day. Yeah, that's like a scoot instead of a crawl. But but I've seen kids crawl like that. Exactly. It's it's not that. But I believe that's that's referred to as the watermelon crawl. It pissed his dad Sorry. Cut this man off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you'd be Such a bad drive. country song it's reference. The there. Yeah, it's a terrible song. So, so anyway, it pissed his dad off so bad. His dad picked him up and threw him into the hallway and he hit the hallway door jam and the wall, apparently. And that was his first major head trauma. And then he probably beat he, him for hitting the door jam. You idiot. <laughs> he crawled weird. He was just a weird crawler. Well, gee, I wonder why. Um, Keep they, going. I'm well, sorry. And yeah, again, well, no, sick, I, and no, no, I, I appreciate that. I do have a question for either one of you two, not to interrupt uh, the story, but do, what do you guys know if the crawling, his doing like the leg thing you were describing, could that have been due to any previous abuse to where like, I he never, had, I he never had heard muscle anything problems about that. or, I mean, I wouldn't rule anything out with this father. I mean, right. yeah, I, I don't it's know. It's a very either, early, but. early abuse. I mean, you hear about abuse when kids are young, but this is like, <laughs> One year old or one year less. old or less. This is like abuse at yeah at a very I, early. I level. really hate to say it, but if he's if he's like what at one year is trying to crawl and being abused, I highly d- I highly doubt this is the first time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, well, and, and this guy you described a while ago is you know he's a, he's a cop. That's what I was about to he's say. A he's cop, a police a, officer. Well, yeah. What and a lot of people respected him in the community. And they didn't know what was going on in his private life. Right. Yeah. So, and there were other incidents, and I won't go into great detail with them. But there was supposedly an incident where Danny's mother claimed that James made her cut herself with razor blade. Um, there was an example of James. I guess he disciplined Danny one, or well, it could have been more than once, but he would discipline Danny by pinning him to the ground, handcuffing, and having the police take him away because he was a. When he was one him. years old. I don't know the age on that. He was oh, probably still pretty young on say. that. Preteen. Um, there was even supposedly an instance. Danny had a dog, like the family dog, and the dad would beat the dog. Jesus. Like, just beat the dog to the point where I guess it died in Danny's arms. 
Like, so yeah. just imagine the type of shit that this poor kid. Who's I'm, telling I say this poor story. kid. I'm trying to. I'm sounding defense. defense you know I mean? He was about. a kid at the time, so you can this goes back to one him. of our earlier episodes, though. Like, well, we were talking about where, where do you where do you look at the person as just a monster because something probably created the monster. Fun fact: you This know. is a later episode. We haven't released Monster yet. But yes, Eileen Warnos, is that what you're talking about? Yes, we're talking. Yeah, or we a, talked about anybody. That. Yeah, that's an episode that'll come out later. But yeah, it a monster in general. But yeah, no, I agree. I was thinking that same thing when I was doing this research. I was like, man, like, because I know there's always going to be exceptions, but like to me, violence begets violence, and like if you're a shitty parent there's a really good chance your kid is going to grow up to be shitty. Yeah. I know there's always exceptions. There's probably shitty people with awesome parents, and there's probably some really nice, sweet people that have awful parents. So there's always going to be that, you know, exception. Well, apparently, what about, what in greater sh- detail, he stomped the dog in front of him to death. Oh, my God. My, what what kind of I, dog I could have been spared those details. means well, big I mean, dog lover. But I love dogs, too. I've always had dogs. Well, yeah. Beating it to death and, and him dying in his arms was enough. And this but, is yeah, a police officer. We spare yeah. no yeah. details on this podcast. Well, so. we're painting the picture of the man that this this child would become, I guess, because like we were just saying, you know, story. if you if you grow up in a household like that, you are not going to come out normal. Do you, you know, want to drink to that dog some terramana? Not sure, I might have to. <laughs> so, RIP, I don't know where my thing went. Gone too soon. I think yours is. A, no, give me a little bit. So better. another That's thing, funny. though, I read. I don't know if you're ready to say this, but like the uh, the. Cops were actually informed. People were actually informed of his behavior, and somehow it kept on getting swept under the rug over and over again. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. And the the woman like left him a few times. And... Uh, yeah, I get into that a little bit. Okay. Um, I mean, he was a he was, I think I said a twenty year police veteran, so he was probably pretty high up too. Yeah. If I had to guess, so I'm yeah. sure he was either too high up to be questioned or feared or whatever. Oh, sorry. Look at what I'm forty. <laughs> Means already alluded to it, but yes, the wife did repeatedly try to leave okay, the marriage. Yeah, look at that. That's pretty that's pretty good. <laughs> she left the marriage. <laughs> you oh. keep talking. I'm I'm doing the jackassery over here. Oh. <laughs> she tried to leave repeatedly, but she would always end up returning, which sadly I feel like that's a pretty common theme in abusive relationships. They always... off of no, I'm good. Are let you me, sure? Let me you deal with this one first. <laughs> So she would always end up returning. Eventually, she would have a nervous breakdown and would later be committed. Danny himself would fail school. Uh, he'd be described by counselors as suffering from inferior inferiority complex with aggressive tendencies and poor impulse control. And again, you can imagine why. Um, by age 11, Danny had gotten into drugs and alcohol, which only effed him up further, in my opinion, I'm sure. Because he already has a fragile mental state at this point, and you begin drugs at 11. So despite all that though, he did try, I guess, but ultimately struggled to assimilate normally into society because he did try attending church for a while. He could not keep a steady job. Uh, he was caught spying on a woman getting dressed one time. And this is after high school. This is probably teen years. Okay. Uh, he tried, he tried to enlist in the military. He got rejected by the Navy at first, but then eventually did enlist into the air force, but he wait the air force, the air force. Are you telling me that Daniel's arriving tonight? on a plane? (laughs) I don't know how far into the air force he got because he was discharged for his drug use. So he maybe he maybe wasn't even in the air force. I know some backstory now. Go for it. So 
Wait, 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 Darren, before you, you guys want to do that now? Let's do it. We We're going to take a shot once again to bandit my, the dog. You, know, you could tell the story. I'm out of my Gatorade chaser. Jeez. All right, here we go. You don't need and cheers. I already drank mine. Sorry. Oh, did you really? <laughs> Jesus. Wow. He doesn't wear a shirt. Sure. That he was take a I was going to dedicate this one to Bill it Brasky. Was, it was to. <laughs> this was supposed to be Bill Brasky. Dog. It was to Bandit. I guarantee you. How quickly we forget it in my soul. Okay, so little backstory. Before he went into the military, there was one event. I don't know if you researched this or talked about it, but there was one event that a guy, a friend of his. Said, hey, come, come, let me show you something. And he took him to a house of a girl that they knew and they spied on her. Well, that might have been the spying incident that I read. That was the spying incident. And she actually comes out and she comes out of the shower. And I mean, apparently they saw it all full front on everything. It was a friend of theirs. Okay. So this friend got, got Danny rolling and, and he said, let's go, let's go check something out. Let me show you something. Takes him to a house. And that really was the first thing that set him off to his peeping Tom. He was definitely a peeping Tom. Ad, and, attitude. And, and it, it kind of excited him. And he saw that and saw that girl and like. It informed which is, oh, You know, that's something teenagers oh, might do, but Danny it actually boy. went farther and farther as we go along. But it that definitely was a, informs what he becomes. That was something later, that definitely, sure. definitely started. And then also he tried to get in the Navy. The Navy did not let him in. No. They tested him and said no. And the Air Force was like, yeah, come on in. And then he started screwing up and doing all kinds of weird shit. And they're like, and he stole a truck or something. They're like, oh, get the fuck out of here. And then they got rid of him and he got dishonorably discharged. Yeah. Right. Damn. So he, he immediately went south after he went to the military. Despite all of that, uh, you know, rough upbringing, he did somehow manage to get married by the age of 19. He found someone to marry. Of course, even this was not enough to begin a normal life for him, though, because the cycle of abuse that he received as a child would continue on into his own family as an adult. Because in 1977, after four abusive years together, his wife did leave him after he threatened to kill her. He would then take his anger and frustration out by raping another woman who supposedly looked very similar to his ex-wife. And then later on that same year, he was involved in a car accident that ended up killing a woman. So he's basically, he's almost a lost cause at this point. He's kind of hopeless. He's been through, and then he's, he's, what I say, 19 and then four years. So he's 23 at this point. Imagine going through and even he, half of that. And he got married to this woman and had children and thought, I mean, to look at it, he was doing okay for a while after he got out of the military. It seemed like For it. a little bit. And then, like, it he went right long. back to peeping Toms and all that stuff. And then he had the, the killing the woman in the yeah. car wreck. So, so. Yeah. And so. And, oh, let's not forget the rape. So that the was rape. there. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. So by that's this point, the rape. That by is this not point, good. I know that's what that's not what you meant. <laughs> so we're into the late seventies and into the eighties now, and this is basically this a piece of shit. I mean, trend or hey. <laughs> So anyway, so after so we're into the late seventies, early eighties, and during basically this whole time period, he has he's just gone off the the rails. He's committed a bunch of different petty crimes, thefts, armed robberies. He basically spent that whole decade in and out of jail. I mean, he was in and out of the criminal justice system basically throughout the entire South, Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, Alabama. He got into trouble in all those States. Now let's, let's look at this though. 
because you're glossing over a little bit. Every serial killer starts off doing dumb shit, right? And then it escalates. But Ant- his, like animals, like cats. His dumb shit, though, like, it seems like all serial killers just absolutely suck at crime. Well, yeah, because like they're remember, decent at serial killing, but they suck at robbery. Like petty crime. Petty crimes that. Well, I want you to remember that for later because we do kind of circle back to that yeah. a little bit. So, so like so, all these convenience stores and shit he was ripping off at the time in the South. So, yeah. You he, get caught by them. Yeah. And like I said, in and out of prison throughout pretty much this whole and you he, know, 10 year period or more. And he was even fucking like th- two or three times he tries to break out of prison. Did it well, say that? I was literally about to say that. Okay. He did He did break out of prison Sorry, a few Clint times. Eastwood over here. I should have <laughs> read over here. his notes. He broke out of prison a f- more than once over that Do time. you want Darren to tell the story? <laughs> no, we can, we can tag Are you sure? This. I don't feel like you did any reason. Well, I mean, we might as well tell the story you guys drink because you're fucking over there drinking and laughing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going for the broad strokes, and Darren can just kind of jump in with those details that we all know and love. I have so. the little short strokes. <laughs> Breaststroking. You guys are just here to learn and drink. So, yeah, I, doing I, I don't know the story at all. Like, I've heard of the Gainesville Ripa, but I don't know anything about it. So I, that's why I am being quiet, because I'm I'm soaking it all in. Do you call like him the Reaper? You're soaking in more than... Huh? More Do than you call that. him the Reaper? No. He went the Ripa. The Gainesville <laughs> Ripper. And Maybe even, he was the Reaper. We're not even in Gainesville yet, so yeah. just stay tuned. Okay, so... So, that was basically his whole, like, 20s and 30s. Like, we're, we're, we're through the 80s now. By 1990, after all that, in and out of prison, breaking out of prison, et cetera, et cetera. By 1990, he does return home to Shreveport with a vengeance. <laughs> he has a Batman. So he hasn't begun, had that for he hasn't begun ripping what, yet. What's well, funny is I, I kind of see him like, he's like a fucked up cool hand Luke. You seen that movie? You've been a while. You've seen Ripping it. off people yeah, throughout like, the South. He goes and rips off people, goes to prison, then he's like... He tries to get out of prison by like going to the bathroom. I think they said he's like, "Can I go to the bathroom over in the woods?" And the yard boss, because they're doing like work outside, like in that movie, right? Because <laughs> they're in the South, so they're doing like fucking chain gang. Is work that Paul and stuff. Newman? Paul Newman. Okay, yeah. And they're doing it, and he's like over there acting like he's shit, and probably and he's like, "Oh, shaking it, boss, shaking it." <laughs> it's like, I'm still here, boss. No. I'm just taking a shit. No, I'm just taking a load. And then he just takes off. Well, he'd be gone for like a day, didn't it say? Like he'd be gone for like a day or two. They'd catch him, put him back in. Six months later, break out again for a day. I mean, it was like over and over again. So the dude was <clears throat> really inept. He's slippery. Is what he was. Slippery, but he sucked. <laughs> he sucked. Yeah. But anyway, so we're we're in 1990. In May of that year, he's back in Shreveport. He's back home. I think he's living with his family at this point. It's very nice. But in May of 1990, he attempted to kill his father James. Finally, imagine why. Yeah, finally. So at this point, Daniel is where living where in Shreveport, back home with his family. Oh, so he's he's living with. I think he's living with them at the time. I don't. I think is that true? Yeah, he goes back. And so apparently they were involved in like a, a family argument and got really heated. I think the dad maybe got a gun first. I'm not sure on I guess that. That kind of makes sense since he's the he's still a cop at this point. Retired. Maybe? Retired. Retired. But Danny ends up again. I'm I'm doing the broad strokes here. I don't know if he had his own gun. I don't know if he took his dad's. But anyway, he ends up shooting his dad two times in the head. I know these details. Uh, but his father ends up surviving. Even though what? he was shot twice in the head, he ended up losing an eye and an ear. That's so he he's like the old man and friggin' not Family Guy. What's the other one where they're all sitting by the? They sit by the 
the fence and talk. What's oh, like, like, the king of the hill. Hill. <laughs> It's like his dad. Oh, I was picturing, I was picturing the, uh, the cow for me, myself, and Irene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still alive. He's dead. Uh, choking like out. the cone later on. The yeah. So, Cotton Hill. So, so the dad does end up surviving that, but Danny flees after that. He he ends up leaving Louisiana. Danny has fleas. He he fled to Florida, oh, okay. where he uh, changed his name and tried to start a new life under uh, the name of Michael Kennedy. Okay, so we are going to pause there for now, and we are going to pick up next week with the story of the Gainesville Ripper. Because now we're going to get to the actual part people probably came here for. We're going to talk about, in depth, the new Scream movie. And since you've tuned... Ian, don't do it. Don't scream. Don't scream. Not yet. (laughs) Since you've tuned into this podcast at the beginning, Ian has actually seen the movie. Podcast magic, right? It took him all of Spoiler alert. It took him all of, what, 30 minutes to go out and watch it, and now he's seen it, so... It's crazy. <clears throat> it's yeah. better yeah. than him showing up in the parking lot after we're coming out all joyful and happy. Yeah, we, we appreciate you joining us eventually. <laughs> Are you guys ready to go shoot a podcast about the movie I didn't fucking watch with you 20 so, seconds ago? You're right. You were there so, in spirit, buddy. Well, since... Okay, so here's your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the new Scream yet, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to get into it. And since our friend Ian didn't get to give some initial thoughts earlier, we're going to kick things off with him, and he's going to just die right in. Your choice, man. Whatever you want to talk about with this movie, go for it, and we'll just uh, we'll just go with you. You're talking about a Scream Five, correct? Scream. Non spoilers. Non spoil. No spoilers. You can spoilers. Be, yeah, I just gave okay. a spoiler yeah. warning. You. Okay. All right. If they're listening to this, it's better than so the far. one. It's better than the one I got. <laughs> you had so, this movie spoiled Wells. for you. <laughs> I so, plead the fifth. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll start off with, I don't want to say like necessarily a rating, but we'll, I, we'll rate it at the end. Just I, I, I will give my opinion. I liked it. I, th- I thought it was well done. I, um, I love the first one. I thought the second one was good. The third one, eh, I, I can watch it. I, if I go to watch the screen movies, I don't skip three by any means. And then four, four was decent. Um, I think it's it's kind of crazy that we've come from, you know, 10 years. Scream, Scream 4 was 2011, so we've come almost 11 years, and now we've got a, we've got a new one. And I was kind of like, and, and again, the reason I was telling you guys about my Scream 1 through 4 review is, like, I do like them and I enjoy them. But once I heard that there was a Scream 5, I'm like, okay, when is enough enough? When is enough enough? You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, think that's always the question with horror franchises sometimes. Right. And the problem is the longer they go on, movies like this, like your Friday the 13th, your Halloween's, um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of these, I, I honest to God feel like they get weaker as they go on. And I don't know why that is. <clears throat> so would you rank this as your last one? As like? Like if you ranked them all five? This you think this is uh, the weakest one? Favorite. I don't necessarily think it's the weakest one. I just I went into it thinking that, but when I watched this, I thought it was a breath of fresh air because it, it was a, it was kind of a different take on the same story, yeah. and there was nostalgia with with mm-hmm. the same characters and whatnot. Um, I thought it was very important for them to change the story because I, I watched four recently the other day because uh, you know I own them all, <laughs> so I went back and watched the fourth one. And I thought, like, 
again, when is enough enough? Like it's the same story over and over. Oh, poor woe is me. I want to be famous. Sydney Prescott. It's always got to be about her. So we'll now watch this. We're going to kill her in front of all these. It's like, okay, this is the fourth time in a row. Somebody's had this genius idea. <laughs> and it's like, at this point, why do you go off killing all these other people? Why don't you just kill her? Why don't you just kill her to begin with? So that's why they became kind of less and less enjoyable for me as they went on. And that's not to say they were bad. It's just that was in the back of my mind. Like, no matter how good you could possibly make it, that's what I'm going to be thinking the whole time is like, Jesus Christ, like, yeah, there's nothing new about this. And if you go back and watch 2011 Scream 4, they're trying to incorporate more like modern times, like technology. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when they were starting to break through with, um, you know, more online things and like they were streaming, oh, we're going to actually make the movie and we're going to stream all the killings and do this and that. So I get the concept. And, and, and as we've talked about before, we know this is all like a part of the meta genre and that's cool. That's fine and dandy. But this one, I'm glad they kind of got away from the fact that the main story wasn't about Sydney and excuse me, Sydney and Gail this time. It was more about a story of a different character and her sister, and then you sprinkle in some of the nostalgic original characters, and I just thought, I just thought that that went so well. That brings up the requel concept. Well, I was going to say they explain what they're doing in that one scene perfectly the scene, with the yeah. girl because she basically explains what this movie is. It's a requel, and she explains what that is by giving examples like um, yes. Halloween, Halloween, Star Wars. Yeah, right. You and you take the same kind of story and the same same themes. You bring in new characters. You have your legacy characters to help bring back some of the nostalgia. And you and that's fine and dandy. That that is. However, my counter to that is I thought this one was good, but again, when is it enough? So we're gonna have like a new trilogy or a new um like series in general to where we may get four or five because um. Nev Campbell, Nev Campbell's already talking about the next one. It's doing, it's like, it's no pun intended, it's, it's been, killing the box office. It's right already now. been greenlit. Though. So, yeah. So, that. she's already been talking about, like, let's do this one, and maybe there's many more to come. And it's just like, okay, I kind of thought, obviously, this was coming because, as you guys said, they're doing the requel thing. But at the same time, like I said, where are they going to go with this story now? It's just like, now, like, now that I've I've kind of gotten into it again, and like I said, there's that breath of fresh air that they're retelling a story. It's just like I don't want them to beat a dead horse with this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't want them to beat this one to death. Yeah, and have them be three. Like so, you so don't have to stretch this out. Just just let it go. So let's break this down. Are are we still going around the room, or are we just going to start breaking down? Let's we go can around. Just the room. break. We could break down. Unless I mean I don't know. I mean I feel this like if just we an go, open discourse. I feel like if we go around the room, it's just going to be some of the same stuff. Like. You know what I'm saying? Probably. So let's just break it down. So let's let's just talk about it. One, the killers were. Go ahead a, and say a, a boyfriend. I was told by. <laughs> yes, the, I mean, I was, these are all spoilers. Uh, yeah, I knew looking boyfriend. I knew we all got a boyfriend. Be, yeah. and I knew that got, Dwight Schrute's love child. Was you know who that, you know who that is, don't you? So we're talking about one. You know who that is? Talk I know he's your, from the boys. That is the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Yes. Who is? Which movie? Dwight Schrute's Love Child. Oh, because you said, I, my brain went, you started talking about one. Okay, you guys are off track already. Yes. We're talking about one. one. I was going one through four. Okay. 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 So who were the killers in one? Stu and, uh, what's his name? Billy. 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 
Billy so what Loomis. was what was Billy Loomis and Stu's motivations? Well, they were crazy, obviously. Well, yeah. Kind of revenge. I don't know if that's a motivation. It was a revenge on what? The because remember, mom. Well, I think Billy's was revenge, and Stu's was Stu just kind of like he was just kind of he was wanting the was, fame. Of he was it. crazier than Billy. I think. Yeah. I th- he wanted and, the and, fame and of I thought, it. Like, he wanted he wanted to be uh, like basically live to be the hero. He was a thrill killer. Yeah. And, As opposed but B- to Billy was the mom. A motive. Yeah. So mo- Billy was the motivating factor. Go to part two. Who's the killer in that? The mother. Of, and and, and uh, I don't remember the character's he's, name. He's but a, he was a he's classmate. A, he's a college kid. It was a it was Timothy Oliphant. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember. He met her in a in a online group. Yes, right, like okay, a gotcha, like a yeah. Reddit type group, mm-hmm. right? And they bonded over this whole scenario. Wait, and did they? I think you're thinking of the new one. No, no, that was that. No, one. that was because the, it they was met the in mom. a Reddit group. It wasn't a Reddit group, but it was like it was a the new movie group, was yeah. the new movie was a Reddit group. It I was an that. online group. She met him somehow. Okay, all right. And right. they I just watched like they connected, ago. and that's the way he like got with the mom. So the mom was the big surprise. Mm-hmm. He was in it kind of for the thrill and the fame again. So harken back to one. Then there was motivation tied into the mother again. You know right? you're gonna have to stop before you get to four. Oh, you still haven't watched that? It's fine. Go ahead. Three. <laughs> At this I'm point, I don't you, care. It's fine. This is your spoiler warning <laughs> we'll, for four. We will spoil it for him because he spoiled it. For Can me. I have the? the I'll privilege? let you. I'll let you have the privilege. So three. I don't really think it's spoiling. I don't remember much about four that. myself, but I don't care. So <laughs> who were the killers in three? Three. The killer. The killer I know. Killer. killer just one. Sydney's fucking brother. <laughs> yeah. So what was his motivation? Probably the mom again, I believe. It was the mom again. Yeah. He was like he was like a half brother, right? Yeah. So it was like, same same mom's different dads. I can't remember, but I know that definitely they shared a parent. Yes, and she got all the attention and blah blah blah. Yeah, the whole story yeah. was about her. But that's the thing too. Like he went on to become like. He was going. He was like up and coming, like in Hollywood. Yeah. So like I don't understand his. Why he was all jealous? He was just kind of a lame character the whole movie. So four was about. Did you want to? You were about to say something. You're kind of low. Four was about what? Four was again another jealousy kind of revenge thing. It was uh, it was it was one kid it, again. It was one person trying to get famous. Yeah. It was another person looking to get famous and get revenge at the same time. Reve- revenge in a kind of silly way. Revenge for not being as famous as her cousin. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, Sydney's right. cousin. Here's spoilers. <laughs> but, but, it, <laughs> but it went back to the original formula where there were two killers. Two one killers. was for fame. The mm. other one had a, an, an emotional tie to the family or the whole scenario. Right? Mm. Then we go to five. Let's go to the spoiler on five. Let me ask you guys this. Did you guys see both of these killers coming? No. I saw the boyfriend coming the whole time, but the girl surprised me. Okay. And this is, to me, why it was a shock, but it was also bullshit because there's, in my mind, all four of those had some kind of tie. There was no tie in this. Where was the tie in this? The tie in this was they were trying to tie the first one to this one with it being Stu's house. 
that's what but, they were trying. But to that's do. what I'm saying. There's no blood tie. So all it was was a tie for the fame. So these both they were both these people film, were, remember? were fan film. They people were fan filming. Yeah. yeah. And I a lot of people online are having problems getting past that. Like the motive is such a bunch of shit in this one. However, but here's the thing though. I, I, think, I think uh, I think but that's why reason. we're gonna argue because I like I'm I mean. You I don't know if you guys go have went online and lit, like you, read a bunch of stuff. You agree that it's bullshit? I believe it's lazy writing, but I also believe it's but smart writing. Here, here's the thing, <laughs> and I'll tell uh, you why. Lazy, <laughs> brilliant. So, but but I think it was important for them to not carry on the blood tie and everything to them, or tie into the original, even if it wasn't blood. Like it, like the other ones were kind of tied in because they're trying to. It's a requel. They're trying to separate themselves from the first four, right? Yeah. So, unable to separate yourself and create a whole new story, you have to have a fresh new idea. So, I think that's what they were trying to go for, and they were doing this. However, if that's the case, and I'm sorry because I don't know if this was about to be your point, if that's the case, why the fuck were Gail and Sydney involved in the first place? Nobody was targeting them. Nobody yeah. gave a shit about well, them. Well, I think they could have bowed out. Sydney came back to town, and at this point, the Dewey, they were the only Dewey connection. I think. Well, yeah, but at the same time, like he got involved, and then they had to get involved. Yeah, and and I kind of get that, but it's just like they didn't necessarily still have to. Well, Gail's gonna be involved either I way. I think Gail. I think. Well, I think Gail. This is more obvious because of her connection with Dewey. I agree Sydney didn't have to, but I also think that she probably feels responsible for it all and she but feels But at the same time of, like she has these young chitlins now, these these, yeah. little, these little chitlins, which is a good throwback to Scream 3 cuz who's her husband? Mark, I think was his name. Yeah. God. Well, which is the cop. Uh, it's McDreamy. Yeah. Oh, McDreamy. They never show him, but they just I had a thought him. and I'd lost it now. Well, I, I agree with you, and to answer your point, it's lazy writing because it's like, you know, we got to come up with something, so let's just kind of blame, you know, like overzealous horror fans and their crazy mental attitudes, and if you catch a couple of them that's actually like mentally unstable or psychotic and they get together, maybe, maybe they could pull something like this off, but to me it's a little bit lazy for the simple fact that there is no tie. And if you're wanting the scream franchise to move on and not end here without that tie, it's got to go back to here again. Eventually it's going to have to go back to that blood tie because if it's just random people killing people, then they're just like randomly trying to kill the same type of characters over and over again, or they're just using the ghost face. You're not going to have a tie in anyway. Right. Right. So it's well, going to have to go back to that blood tie on either the next one or the final one not, somehow. It's a, it's a, it has nothing to do with anything. It's just exactly. a, it's a new series. It's just, just, it's they just, were trying to make their fan film to do exactly what this movie has done for everybody else, which is make this franchise more popular again. Which in their case, in the movie, it's not a franchise. It's a actual well, thing that happens that they want to bring back into the light, but... You nailed it on the head because we talked earlier about how this one takes the meta to a whole new level because there were levels of meta-ness within meta-ness in this movie, I think. And I think Ian, no, like seriously, like it's like a warm meta blanket. We're basically <laughs> a meta worm. What you were doing, you were doing the, the, meta, the worm, this the is meta like, worm, weaving like in meta, and out. meta inception, just layer and then go down another layer. 
More than the fourth one, though, because the fourth one started off with three different openings. Well, yeah. I'm not. I mean, we basically got Scream One, but told through the eyes of different kids, but they are aware of it this time. They know that they're basically living Scream One. They know they're that wanting, it's a requel. They they're like, I mean, they know that that the Stab franchise is faltering. Richie is like, watching the movies the throughout re- the movie, and he's like, "Oh, Stab Five is really where it yeah. starts to fall yeah. apart." And they're talking and they're, about these and actors they're trying who are to, playing them all shitty and stuff. They're trying to bring it back to where it's and I think it's relevant genius again. to. That's what I was going to say in well, my next point. Thing, that's too. where it's good Go writing. Then I'll, I'll jump back. Well, in I was going to say it's it's a great way to bring in all the fans that love the old movies because let's face it, nostalgia is what sells these days. That's a whole other argument for another day, whether you think that's right or not, but that's what, you know, they want to bring in the original fans, but they do it in a way that makes it new and accessible to fans that probably don't know the franchise because let's face it. Scream is more towards from younger kids, teenagers. I'm not saying old people can't enjoy scream, but it's more towards younger kids. And so a lot of those younger kids now, they're not either going to know what Scream is or have at least lived it. Maybe they've gone back and watched them. But it's it's a new Scream for their generation while still tying into the old, which is what a requel is supposed to do. And I think they explain that in the movie. I would have said that about the older ones, but this newer Scream is, brutality is way on a whole nother level. Well, so. I, yeah, that's I, for today's audience, though. Really? Because I, I, I don't agree with you guys. I thought on Ghostface that. was more intimidating by he far. He stomped on movie. a girl's leg and broke it in half. Stabbed through her hand. They didn't show that. Ghostface was actually kind of scary when he showed up. In the other movies, it's like, well, he's going to trip or he's going to get yeah. punched out or something. Like, he's so he clumsy. Stabbed a man slowly through his cheek and held it there. Yeah, but he it wasn't ripped that bloody in half he like it, he was though. a fucking shrimp. He did. Other than that, like it, he pulled up, but like you don't like a lot of blood came out. But I mean, and again, that obviously is brutal. But I'm not saying you, it's the most brutal kills I've ever seen. But I'm seen saying like in he hasn't before, seen the but... fourth one. In the fourth one, he literally cuts a girl open. Her guts are laying on the bed. All of her intestines and everything are laying on the bed in front of her. Well, yeah, he gutted Drew Barrymore in the first one, and he gutted Drew that. Barrymore in the first one. Let's be honest, though, that was. As gross as it is, that was a product of its time for the first one. This, that one, the fourth one you're talking about, like, was kind of a product of its time. Got a little bit more ramped up, but the realism and the violence in this, I'm not saying it's more bloody, you know, but the realism, like, if I'm stabbing somebody through the cheek and it's going through them, they're like, you know, like the way it was played out. There was more of a re, and even the fight sequences to me were more realistic. Like, yeah. I don't know about you. I've seen a lot of MMA in my time. And I used to train in jujitsu. Up kicks are fucking hard to do. You can't kick people pinpoint in their knees, in their face, as well as you'd think. And somehow Sidney Prescott does it every single kick. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like but they were doing one, that they in this one. Not well, as see, much. I, I felt they like they were constantly out. getting, like the girl at the beginning, Tara, she had her legs stomped on and broke, like you said, but she was using the other leg to she rolled over and used the other foot to kick this person off. Well, but she only did it. She only did it twice. Her. If you watch the fight scene again, because I watched it again the other day to just to see. Yeah. She only kicks him off twice, but she doesn't do it. It's like multiple it's like somebody about you get raped and they kick somebody back, but it's not like kicking them, they're like, Oh, Jackie Chan, you know, <laughs> flying backward. And that was the Sydney Prescott movies before. Every time she kicked, it was like perfect, and they would fall, and then they would come back to get her, and they'd be in another room. And it was, a, you know, I felt like the violence was more real in this one. He was more brutal, like Trent said. I think that he was scarier. 
I never found him scary at all. See, so. agree to disagree. I don't think it was more brutal. And the second one that starts off with Omar Epps literally getting a knife pierced through his skull, through one side or the other, through the stall. Yeah. Which is cartoon yes. violence, because you can't do that with a real knife. Just just like when they just like when they stabbed the cop through the forehead in that one. A girl couldn't do that, and you're not going to go through somebody's skull that easy. No, and he's also not going to be able to walk and be coherent. It would, yeah. it goes through your brain. That's like what that. I'm saying, and like, I get that. But like, I expect that kind of violence from from those type of movies. But I also think that in this one, I don't. What? You didn't see that in this one as much, though. That's what I'm saying. It, it was but more, that, but again, real, like, reality I'm, based. I'm, I'm disagreeing with that because the fact that a he's he's or she, for the matter, stomped. On her leg like that, and the way the bone came out through her pants, I'm sorry. I don't see that. Like, if it was the guy, maybe, but the girl, I, I don't see her being yeah, able I to do it. I don't see the girl doing um, the violence at Sher- all in Sheriff, any of these films. Sheriff Hicks, um, the the stabbing and murdering in the middle of the daylight on the street like that, I thought was horseshit. Somebody would have saw it. Somebody would have saw that. that. Was one of you my know arguments. why? Because it's a crowded neighborhood. It's in the suburbs. It's daytime. It wasn't around back. It was right there on her front fucking porch, right near the street, where she just came driving from with her sirens on. And everybody's going to look. And everybody's going to yep. look out to see what's going on. And plus, they showed I the mean, street was busy as shit until she got to her house. And how do we know that soul. nobody did see him? I mean, somebody called the cops there. What? The cops were all over the place because... Well, because she Shows radioed up and it says, in. Oh, you can kill a sheriff now? She radioed it in, though. Yeah, but even even to the point, though, even if they did see it, what are they going to do? I mean, the cops are on right. the way anyway. That's what, what I'm they, saying. What Somebody could have called the cops. Nobody's going to go over there and try there to stop yet. it. Like, people just don't do that. Yeah, I just don't know why you would want to do that, like, with witnesses, though. And plus, like, there was nobody, like, nobody screaming or, like, there was no, like, they just, I feel like that kind of took away some of the realism for me, personally. Yeah. But I did like the way they did it. And that's, that's another thing that's online right now. People are mad at the way Dewey was treated and at the way the cop was treated. And it was like, my point the is... The cop? Yes. Dewey? Honestly? I thought one of them had to die. And he had a little... Well, I'm saying like the way they killed him. It was like... He survived too many things. To, Dewey, Dewey to survived so many things, but he, he was always so bumbling. He could never shoot straight. He no, could I was never catch say anybody, he, but... He, he survived too many things to survive another one because yeah. if he survives that, then it's just like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he should have died but three Gail times we- already. Gail Weathers does the same thing. Well, she gets she shot always, all the time. She always survives. Sydney always survives. But, like, I like what I'm saying is I like the brutality and the, and the visceralness in, in the moment. Like, it wasn't like a fight scene, it wasn't a chase scene. Like, he, he just comes around the corner and just starts fucking stabbing her. She's dead. And I like that because that's how it really happened uh, in real life. Now, even though he shouldn't have done it out in the open, I totally agree with that. Or the scuzzy guy in the parking lot. Scuzzy guy in the parking lot. You know, the the kid, the boy, like he doesn't like, it's not like a big played out thing. It's like brutal and it's like coming at his face really, really slow, you know, which some of these are Easter eggs to other horror movies, by the way. But I think that's really, really cool that they did that because if I'm a real serial killer, I'm going to make it quick and I'm going to make it violent yeah. it, you, you know 
This isn't one of those karate videos you see on YouTube where somebody's going to like. <laughs> oh, it's true. Somebody's going to stop you for, with a knife or a gun. You know, you can't do that. And you again, give them your wallet and hope they don't kill you and, and get away. Thing, don't let them tie you up. If these kids are crazy enough to where all they want is to get this back out there to where everybody's thinking about it again, maybe they don't even care if they're seen in the daylight stabbing somebody. Maybe they want to be seen somehow. But that's yeah. just, well, I, I think that's part just of the mythos, silly, maybe. Yeah. My counter argument to this. Do what? I said they're probably not thinking straight. How serious are we as an audience really yeah, supposed to take a scream? That's movie. how you get caught. See, that's the, that's the meta part of the argument. <laughs> then why is he wearing a mask? Because <laughs> it's because he doesn't want to get caught. Because <laughs> it's the way the whole thing started that they're paying tribute to. Well, why the mask wear is it the whole time. Of, the mask is kind of a big deal. For he him. doesn't want to get caught, but even if he gets caught, it's still fame. Yeah, I think these psychotics like that in these movies, like they try to get away with it, but if they don't, it's still fame for them. Wow, it's almost like you're talking about the Zodiac killer. Wow. What? <laughs> There's an Easter egg for you awesome guys. Possible episode. But yeah, uh, Trent just brought up, go ahead and bring it up again. I guess my whole counter argument to that would be how serious are we supposed to actually take a Scream movie? Because it in itself is kind of an homage, kind of even a spoof, really. But yeah, and that goes back to my point movies. of like why I like the, the first four. Well, the third one I'll loop in. Um and it being like that kind of campy kind of uh, horror crime, if you want to call it, whichever. Mm -hmm. But you said you liked five for the more realistic realism of it. I just I liked it. I, was, I liked that it was different. See, I didn't than the find other ones. it super realistic myself either. I, I, I'm going on the meta train. I thought as I'm watching it, I was like, this is a, a movie that's telling us what it is, and it's making fun of us to our faces too. But then it's also the same concept as as all of. Well, a few of them, at least, especially the fourth one. It's like two people go crazy, kill all these people. Well, that's they what have, Scream is, they though. They have kind of a, well, hold on. They have kind of like a watered-down reason behind it, which, again, I agree with you. The reason is kind of well, but, whatever. But that, and it's the same reason. It's like, oh, we just wanted to like basically kill those people and, and get famous for this. We've seen that four other times. But like and Mies pointed out, it is different in the sense that there's no blood tie with this. So, I think so the they blood did take it a different key. direction. They did, they did take it a different direction, but that's why I said it's it's genius, but it's lazy. It's lazy because I just don't know what other avenue you can there, take with it. But it's genius in that what you were saying it's meta within meta because let's go back to like Cabin in the Woods. All mm -hmm. right, a lot of people loved that movie until the ending, and then they hated it with the gods and everything. Not realizing if you do a little bit of research, it is not even hard that that's a metaphor for the horror audience and horror people in general. We're the gods and they had to do the bloodletting for us, right? So that's what the whole movie was about. It was a meta movie about me getting what I want. And if I don't get what I want, I bitch and complain online about it. That's and throw my little fit, well, which see, is what I those thought, gods I were. I thought it was supposed to also be like, I know we're not talking about Kevin in the Woods, but we are now, damn it. I thought it was also like kind of a euphemism for the fact that like how selfish we can be to where like these teens wanted exactly. to live, these, these, these kids wanted to live so bad that they went against the grain and, and you know, that they were like, no, we're not doing this. We're not sacrificing ourselves. But yeah, but the whole world's going to die anyway. Yeah. You're going to die anyway. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That's, that's why the, the whole backstory or the, the back group of, 
Cabin in the Woods is about feeding those gods. And yeah. it's like they didn't want to play along, so it fucked up their formula. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this is meta like that because those kids that were doing the killing were trying to change the narrative and bring it back around and say this is this is what horror should be again. And maybe that's what the writers were initially saying. Some people got it. Maybe some people did. So, so the, the friend, the friend I saw coming, the boyfriend, I, I honestly. You were told was coming. Now, hold on. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Honestly, I was. Was he told, Ian Wells? <laughs> Who told hold him? Hold on. Let this man finish the sentence. I got to hear what he's going to say. I honestly, I don't know that I would have 100% known it was going to be the boyfriend. What? He was from a different city. He he. Dewey literally called it out. Yeah, that's why I thought it was too obvious. I I was like, okay, that's kind of my thinking in the original scream. Same, like, oh, they want you to think it's him so bad. And I get you, I get you, and I agree with you on that. But 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 then again, if that's the case, that's not an original idea. But that's the second time they've done the same thing. One of the best lines in the movie literally was like when he reveals himself. He's like, it's kind of a bummer. It's me, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. but like that's how self-referential this movie is. Like, we know this is lame. We know this is lame, but we're calling ourselves out for it. But he literally said it's the only thing that made sense for the movie. Kind of like, well, it did make sense. But that's why I said it's like lazy writing, but it's genius writing at the same time. But at the same time, like I thought it was weird that he, his whole reason behind it was like. Oh, the stab movies, and it's just like, okay, well, I thought he hadn't seen the stab movies, right? Well, he could have been lying about that. No, he's literally shown watching the stab movies. Yeah, which brings up all those glorious Easter eggs within them. Yes. <laughs> I'm getting lower when I turn towards you. Yeah, don't look I at notice. me. Don't look at me. All right. but no, which, by the scene, way, was it Joss Whedon that did? Which, by the way. Did Cabin in the Woods? I think he yeah. produced, produced it, it or maybe directed. I'm not sure. So that's where I got. Or did Drew Goddard direct it? Drew Goddard did. Yes. I need to watch that that's where I. That's where I got the back, oh, background God, you story. Said again. I was like, oh, God, was. if he hasn't seen this, I'm going to feel so fucking uh, bad. He actually said that sure in an interview that that's what it was. It was, I thought it was so. metaphor. It was a metaphor for us being horror fans. That's where I got that. I didn't make it up. Your Easter egg comment. And while we were on the subject of self-referential, I just wanted to point out an awesome scene where the girl is in the same living room. Watching a movie of Randy in the same living room, watching the movie of Halloween. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. The exception like layers like of so, yeah, so And then he's like coming behind her while the guy in the movie is coming behind Randy while Michael and he's like, He's behind her. He's behind you. Turn and it's yeah. like all like the layers a, there. It was just so, so cool to watch. Before it's Sid, like Citizen Kane. Before yeah. Sid, <laughs> scene. Before Sydney and Gail were driving to the house, when they first showed them sitting in the living room, the first thing I thought was isn't that fucking it looks exactly like Stu's house. It looks like yeah. the living room from Stu's house in the first movie. And then when she's like, oh, my God, here's where they are. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? And it still didn't. But like, I didn't kind of put it together then. And then when she they showed the house, I was like, I knew it. I knew that was his house. <laughs> it looked like the same fucking couch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, they it always has to go back to the like all the little place. things like that the connection, the sister, which was the mom. And then like. They started referring. I really love the the opening scene being just a, a mirror image of the Drew Barrymore scene. Yeah, but it was smarter because it because was like, she was smarter about horror. This making, girl was it was like, like making fun of horror fans too. I thought I it kind of was. It was it, it follows was, though. I only like all, elevated horror, but it also showed how smart they got. Though, like kids are a little snooty. Well, They're a little bit Kermit the Frogish, but 
they they actually like know what they're talking about now. Like you, an everyday horror fan is totally different than an everyday horror fan back twenty years ago. I think. But that goes back to my making fun of itself point too, because it's like I only like movies like this, elevated horror, not yeah. schlocky crap, which is yeah. what these people are in the theater watching right now. Yeah, like this is not the Babadook that you're about to watch. This is you know what I mean. So. That kind of stuff I like about it because, oh, like I said, that's what Scream is. It's it's meta. It's self-aware. We talk more about it when we break down the old movies and our next episode. The one Easter egg I really liked and enjoyed because they don't bring her up at all is the Easter egg of uh, Dewey's sister that got murdered. And uh, like one of his big like knocks on the online communities was he had no emotion for his sister after she got murdered. And that was one of the big knocks on Dewey. Like his character's too cartoonish, but then like in this one, he's all—he's a drunk. He's like rough and everything, and he's got that urn right next to the pictures of him and Gail, and that's his sister in the urn. And like he obviously kept that, and well, it was emotional too. I thought they did good throughout the movies evolving Dewey because Dewey was like this bumbling deputy that. He was Barney Fife in the first movie, is essentially who he was. He was one step from that dumb, scary movie, Bumbling Dewey. Yeah. Doofy. Like, Doofy. Doofy. Yeah. They were very close. I'm trying to clean my room. <laughs> Y'all leave Doofy alone, man. So. <laughs> he did nothing to you. I thought that he came a long way from the first one to the fourth one. And in the fourth one? Still couldn't shoot or fight. <laughs> he he didn't do anything in the fourth one. He was he was driving the whole time. He yeah. was chasing. He yeah. was driving and yelling. It, there wasn't a lot going on with him being in the same scene as like as the killer, as, like there was the first three. Which by the way, how the third got, one, like where they how throw the fuck that big is Woodsboro? Because like when they go into driving to get to a house that's getting a murder, forever. it takes like an hour. It's like how big is this city? Right. <laughs> it's soon a as, little town. I thought. As soon as Dewey did not get on that elevator, he was a goner. Yeah. We all knew that. Yeah, right. We all knew that. Yeah. Right, Which again, why did Dewey, why did Dewey walk up on Ghostface and just like sit there and stare at him for a minute? Like, you know this dude's not dead. Right. Now, Finish it. Now, that was the girl that killed Dewey, and I thought that was bullshit. It should have been the guy. Because you, she's little. Going, she is a little girl. She was little. She was taller in that scene. How'd they make her taller? She wearing big kiss boots. What was it? And, <laughs> yes. and then doing the double stabbing. platform. Doing the double stabbing, which is apparently some kind of reference to something else with the stab series or the scream series or whatever. So it's like you're the our Easter egg guy. Is that what it was from? But like, I'm assuming that's what it's what they were talking about on message boards, but. Her doing that, and she's like over top of him, stabbing him, and she's stronger than him. Well, and like, that, I'm like, and the really? force of using those two knives, the front one, I'll give her. It's but big, but the, the other one, the small. angle on the back, and being able to pull up and using this muscle, yeah, yeah, would have taken a lot. That yeah. was like a Mortal Kombat fatality. Yeah. So I don't, I, I didn't appreciate them using her in that. And it's, it's not me being sexist. It's just being reality based. She's you know, just if you're a gonna... dumb broad. Don't we understand? <laughs> wow. wow. And by the way, me talking that about reality based, I wasn't talking about the storyline or characterization. I was talking reality based on the physicality and the violence and the way they fought. Respect. That's what I was Respect. talking about. Reality based. So being by at home is like, well, he's bullshit talking about this is a real film. No, I'm talking about the fight scenes and the murder and stuff like that. 
I mean, the stabbings to me were more well, reality based. And even though it's not a realistic story or a realistic movie in any way, it, it has to follow its own rules and be consistent with what it's trying to do. Like, it, there's no ghosts, there's no superpowers, you know, even though yeah. it's a silly movie, you still have to kind of tell it in a sort of real way, right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. I, I, I mean, that's what I I would think. I mean, in the Although first. the ghost of Billy Loomis. The first four. say, aren't there ghosts, though, Trent? Aren't there? So for, let, let's still, talk about that. He's though. still a good-looking guy, by the way. Yeah, yeah. When he's yeah. digitally de-aged, <laughs> but Skeet Ort, no, like I've seen him in, in real life, like last year. He's actually a decent-looking guy. He still. is, but he's definitely aged. Yeah, it, it didn't look like that. But. Yeah, uh, he's he's still like for what? He's probably in his late forties, early fifties. He's probably in his probably 50s same now. age as Nick so, Campbell. Right? Yeah, I, I would have to say, she's but older she's than still, so she still looks good. You. You watch. She looks Agreed. even better today Agreed. than she did back then. Nah, you know, I don't know about that. I would, I I, she, she, I would still, she looks a lot. Well, I I'd still that. watch a wild thing scene with her and that other girl right now. Oh, yeah. Anyway, my bad. <laughs> no, you're fine. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Her and Matt, <laughs> Matt <laughs> Dillon. Oh, yeah. Her and Charlie oh. Sheen's ex wife. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so <laughs> That movie was everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> On rewind. Yep. <laughs> you had to buy five VHS cassettes back in the I day. I had the screener from American <laughs> Rental because I used to get all the screeners back in the day. Oh, my so God. So they go black and white for like 10 seconds. Is that how long it took? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if I was lucky. Hey, stay on topic. Ian, Ian's trying to say something. Go ahead. We're running out of time f- here. I have no fucking idea what I was, what I was even going to say at this point. Well, then, can I jump oh, in? Oh, no. go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he seemed all excited that I I'm forgot. Just... So what did you guys think about the serial, like her dad being Billy Loomis? Did you think that that was kind of like a force in the story? It's the connection. Her that mom, we had to yeah, have. but I'm saying like her mom just conveniently got pregnant by Billy Loomis, but they don't really mention who the mom is. Well, that that kind of pisses me off. They could and I'll be tell saving you why. it. I tell you why that pisses me For off. A f- sequel. His motivation to kill mm. Sydney and the mom was cheating. Yet this motherfucker was cheating and had a love child. Right. So and they also kind of made. Why are you so pissed when you did the exact same thing but worse? Right. They also almost made him seem like heroic that. too, because he was just they like did. there. Like, yeah, they like did seem. He did seem heroic. Her on and stuff. Yeah, all those was, guys who are narcissists and like to try to control their women, though they want to do what they can. But yeah, oh, uh, you better not even like look at another dude or say hi to anybody like that. But he went as far as killing a bunch of teenagers over that yeah. whole point, yeah, which that is, uh, I kind of lose that after he. They said he was the dad. That I was like, and uh. that and like like I said like the t- like. How, Nobody notices something like that, which, like you said, future movies it could be setting up, and they could explain all that. But, um, how did you feel about the whole flashback thing? Were you okay with there being like a, a ghost kind of in in this one? Which, again, I know there were hallucinations because she was yeah, he crazy. wasn't truly a ghost. But do you, are you guys okay with? I didn't like the way they did it. I'll be honest with you; it reminded me of Frighteners, and I like Frighteners, but it was a comedy, and this wasn't a comedy. So it's like it definitely seemed a little out of place. But at the same yeah. time, I realized they were trying to make more connections as they could to the original, like as many as they could. It created her as a red herring, and it was cool to bring him back as an actor. Which we did. We knew she didn't do it. I what I had, what I had another problem with was the girl at the beginning that gets stabbed and leg stomped, curb stomped there, right? The sister. Yeah. The sister. 
Why did they think, why would they think in the end that she still could have been the killer? It's like, you're going that hardcore (laughs) on friggin' faking getting hurt? I mean, honestly. It's always someone you know. Oh boy, in the first one, they, they stabbed each other. Yeah, but to... they didn't break each other's legs. Yeah, and <laughs> stabbed stabbing is much hand. different than. God damn. Could yeah, be like Ian Torrance and she up. just has wooden legs. And they just want you. <laughs> I have legs. If I went and snapped Ian's leg right now, he probably wouldn't flinch. <laughs> you talk about the two never chump stage like all legs. <laughs> all right. So we know uh, Billy Loomis' daughter uh, stabbed that dude towards the end. That was pretty badass. I was like, whoa. Serial killer vibes right there. Yep. I'm sorry, Trent. I w- I'm sorry. We're just, I don't want to have a two-hour episode again, and I was going to jump in with final thoughts before we Let's wrap up and give some scores. Let's I feel it. like I we've th- had a good discussion. We I talked really, a lot about we it. We covered a lot. So last little bits before. Sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't that. hear you over the beeping. Could you? Anyone want to add any last? a little child carousel over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was on vibrate. That's why I put it in my crotch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what about you had that big smile on your face? You said we were going to rate it, didn't you, at the end? Yeah. Trent's I mean, crotch? Do we want to go around now and rate it, I guess? Or is there anything else you want to add? I'd give your crotch a five and a half. Out, out of a ten. five? Out of five and a half. Ten. Out of five. Thank you, Ian. Five centimeters out of an inch. That's right. Anyway. Yeah, let's let's rate and give final reviews. Ian Wells, you haven't got to oh, say a whole lot I'm sorry, this time. I'm let's, sorry, not to interrupt you, but when you say rate... Do you mean out of 10, or do you mean like rate like which? You do a 100-point scale, I know. You can rate it how <laughs> I'm you saying like. He's like, asking, are we rating are the you movies rating the together? movies in order? Oh, like we could do that, too. Give, you know a, give I mean? a rating oh, out of 10 for this movie. That's <laughs> <laughs> because you haven't seen the fourth one? I was just going to give it a 1 out of 10 screams. 1 out of 10 screams? Yeah. That kind of rating system. You, you hate oh, it. So you oh, think it was a 1 I out of 10? I thought he was giving it a 1 Damn, out of 10. Damn, that's the worst oh. rating he's ever given. <laughs> Yeah, give a rating and then optional if you want to rank them or not. The other movies. Well, I haven't seen the fourth one, so I don't feel like it's fair for me to rank them. I haven't seen the third one that I know of. I don't remember anything <laughs> about it, so one? I ruined it for you. I'm sorry. Oh, I just don't care. Ra- just rank the four that you've seen then, and and give this a star rating or whatever you want to do for this movie. Well, for Scream Five, I'm going to say that it's probably the best one since the original. So I want to give it a. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, maybe. Scream. 70% C. Gotcha. Yeah. Solid C. That will work. That's average. As far as rating the movies, um, I'd have to go the original Scream number one for being the original. Then I'm going to go with Scream 5, 2, and then 3, just because I had to throw it in there. Okay. Ian, you want to? You want to go next? Hi. <laughs> my name is Ian. My name is Ian. ASMR. I'm a beardaholic. <laughs> Here in my beard. Oh my God, you so actually could. So yeah. scratchy. Yeah. So scratchy. It's disgusting. So soft. Disgustingly soft. <laughs> Those two things don't go together. Anyway, uh, one out of 10 rating. Hmm. How much time do I have? Not we are over time. <laughs> but you take what time you need, man. Uh, I'll edit know, this all out if I I'll tell you what. That. I'll tell you what. I'll give it a seven. That's fair. Hmm. I thought it was going to be lower based I on how you started, but that's I good. Thought, I thought I thought about giving it a six and a half, but I'm going to bump it up to a seven because if it was a, a retelling of the original story and it was centered on the on those on the same characters, I probably would have given it a little bit lower. But I'm going to give it a seven. 
You want to go last? You want me to go? Well, he didn't rank. Oh, I'm I, sorry. Yeah, I can. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'd probably go one, um, two, four. No, I'm going to go one, two, five, four, three. Okay. I'm going to give it a eight out of ten. Mm, nice. Just because I really thought they they did they did what they set out to do in a smart way that, like I said, honored the old one while still making it new and exciting for newer audiences. And I just thought it was really, really well done and it was everything you'd want out of a Scream movie. So I'm going to give it an eight. I have not seen three. And if I've seen four, I remember very little. So I'm not going to rank them. But I will say it probably is, um, out of the ones I've seen, my second favorite after the original. So one, five, two of the ones that I can confidently rate or rank. Means? I'm going to agree with Trent on this one. I will give it an eight as well, mm. which is a solid B. Uh, me being a teacher, I have to rank <laughs> 10 point scale. So it's a solid B. I think that, albeit I still don't quite like the motivation or the motive for their killing, I understand why they did that with all the other meta stuff they were trying to throw in. I did appreciate that they went overboard this time with the meta. Um, with the movie references, uh, I'll, I'll try to share a website that I read an article about a lot of the Easter eggs with you guys if I could find it again. But there are way more than I thought there were. I didn't even catch most of them, so it was pretty interesting. It'd be I a mean, fun I caught, rewatch then. I caught some of the like the Elm Street and all that stuff, you know, and and some of the names that were on there. I caught those, but there were some things that I did not catch when I watched it. But I do appreciate that they did that. I like most of the characters. I did like uh, all the kills in this one this time. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think that they were overdone. Maybe they could have been a little bloodier and more theatrical, like some of the former screens. But I did like the realism in the murders. Um, I actually thought the soundtrack was. We haven't talked about the sound of the film. I thought the soundtrack was as good as the first one. If you go back and listen to the soundtrack and what's actually on it, it's as good as the first one. Plus, they brought back Red, Red Right Hand, which is one of my favorites. It's in Peaky Blinders as well, the Red Right Hand song. It's in Dumb and Dumber, and that's where I will it's always associate it with and Dumber. Jim Carrey with his paddle ball walking down the street. But it, but it, actually, it actually was in boxes. the first scream when Dewey comes out, so I love that they brought that back because they went away from that. It was in that the second one, too. The, it was in the second one. They went away from it in the Third, I think they played Can't it confirm. just a little bit, and fourth when they didn't play it at all. So I'm glad they brought that song back. Uh, that's Nick Cave. If you guys don't know your old school, Nick Cave. Not to be confused with Nick Cage. Oh, I was going to say not I, Nick Cage. Nick Cave. Man can do it all. And uh, I, I did. I would say it's an eight, solid eight. Uh, if I'm going to rank them, you know what that means. I'm the songwriter. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good Nick Cage. Eh? <laughs> really was. Truffle. I've been meaning to There's tell you no something. such thing. It's a, it's a truffle a pig. Cage. Oh wow! So means are gonna fight. We're gonna fight for this stuff. <laughs> I love Nick Cage. So uh, I would rank one first. I think we all agree. I would go two second. I would go five right after that, and then I would go four and then three. So I think I did. We match. You said one, one two, five. five. Four, Four and three. three. Yeah, you yeah. That is how Ian counts to five. Yeah. And, yep. <laughs> That's me. That was planned out, man. So I think no, uh, 
I think that that would be my rankings of them. I think five was close to two, but it wasn't as good or as exciting as when I watched two. But it was a good theater watch. I had a fun time. So that there is our discussion on the new Scream. Um, thanks for tuning in and listening. We are going to pick up next week with the rest of the story of the Gainesville Ripper. So tune into that to hear the rest of that story. And then we're also going to kind of talk about all the old Scream movies and break down just the whole franchise in general. So... Yeah. So anyway, that has been the horror you know. I have been Trent. I'm Darren. I'm Ian. And Ian is chewing a beagle. A beagle. A beagle. <laughs> no, he doesn't a chew beagle. puppy dogs on this podcast. <laughs> Hold on a second. Or it could be a beagle. I didn't see you put it in your a mouth. A beagle. <laughs> That's my Midwestern. That's probably the scariest thing. You ain't a beagle. <laughs> you look over. I just got a floppy ear hanging out of my mouth. Is that, you a ain't be- is that a beagle in your hand? Beagle. Disclaimer, we of the Horror You Know podcast <laughs> do not support the eating of beagle animals. <laughs> so that not your taste bagel? <laughs> so that's all we got this week. This is the Horror You Know podcast. I have been Trent. I'm Darren. I'm Ian. I'm Shadows Dance. We will see you next week. Chew your, chew your beagle, Ian. Dad is there.